0: Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with Your Kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. I originally planned on a holiday simplicity specific episode for today, but in step with one of the great gifts of making this show, I am pivoting given the fluidity of life and also the flexibility and responsiveness of my wonderful sound editor, Brian. Thank you, Brian. I suppose this show is still holiday related because I'm going to share about finally contracting COVID, which happened over Thanksgiving break. In some ways, I am like, oh my goodness, no one wants to hear another minute about COVID. On the other hand, I want to do this for a few reasons. First, wow, I've had so many thoughts and feelings over the past week plus. Second, I have received and continue to receive so many questions and messages from people once I started sharing about it on social. Clearly, people want to talk about it. They have lots of thoughts, insights, and concerns. And third, this obviously remains a live issue. (laughs) It's not over. And the season of gatherings and spread potential is upon us. So if I can use this platform to help prevent spread or help people navigate their own cases, then I want to do that. I'm recording this on day nine though I thought it was going to be day 10 when I started thinking about even the possibility of rallying to do this episode. It was only yesterday that I realized that I was a day ahead counting the days because, hello, I forgot that the first day of symptoms or a positive test counts as day zero. Ugh, the mind games. (laughs) I was admittedly in a pretty low place about this yesterday morning, but I bounced back and I'm just trying to keep moving forward slowly. Recording this episode is one of a very few things I'm going to do today, and otherwise I will be on the couch. So let me start with some basics, which address some of the immediate logistical questions people have been asking me online. Consider it an FAQ of sorts. Yes, I was boosted, I got both the latest COVID booster as well as my flu shot in mid October. Yes, I have still been cautious and masked in peopley public spaces like airports and grocery stores. This is personal preference. Quite frankly, the pandemic left me a little grossed out about public sneezing and coughing in general. It's also inconvenient to get sick. I don't like getting sick if I don't have to, and I don't find mask wearing onerous. So, That is why I've continued the practice. I did end up getting COVID in my own home. Originally, I thought that was kind of ironic. And then somebody pointed out online that it's actually not ironic at all, given aforementioned precautions outside of my home. Yes, it proved to be a moment where I let my guard and typical protocol down. We had someone staying with us for the Thanksgiving break. And given how chaotic that week was, my brain just completely spaced out on advanced rapid testing. That said, even if we had learned of an advanced positive rapid test, I still would have had them come and taken care of them here in my home. I wasn't going to leave this person alone on their own for the holiday. Their family lives on the other side of the world. No, we didn't kick them out or hardcore isolate them. They wore a mask the remainder of the visit, and we engaged in germ management, though it did feel like that ship had kind of sailed since we had already been together about 36 hours before the positive test. Now, here's the thing that I've gotten a lot of questions about. And let me start by saying that ultimately, you need to do what works for you and your comfort level. After I got my positive test the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I did not hardcore isolate in a room by myself. After some discussion, this is how we decided to handle it instead. I have worn a K and 95 mask indoors at all times, even when I'm in the house alone with my dog (laughs) because it's winter here. So the windows are closed and there isn't much air circulation going on here. The only time I'm unmasked in the house really is at bedtime since John relocated to another room immediately and also in these rare moments when I've been in my office because nobody else goes in here. I've kept my distance from John and Vi. No snuggles. I think that's actually been the worst part about all this. (laughs) I really like snuggling. I didn't touch anything in the kitchen for a full week and it was weird to not do everyday things like empty the dishwasher or make coffee. I just had to let go of being a helpful person that that was just what it was i have been washing my hands obsessively and been using separate towels like hand towels i still haven't cooked for real in the sense where i directly touch food like vegetables that's going to go in somebody else's mouth just i don't know even with a lot of hand washing i just still haven't been able to go there with a positive read still there was one warmer day last week where I did open the windows to air things out and that felt like a tremendous blessing. And again, I just need to underscore that this is what my family and I agreed on as our level of comfort and management and you need to do what is comfortable for you and I think it also is different if you have really little kids like depending on whatever the composition of your household is. So, you do you always. So far, This is working for us. No one else in my household has gotten COVID yet based on my case. So that is good. And we are just holding out hope that that stays. And yes, part of me was bummed to get it because of the inconvenience I knew it would bring. And part of me was a little relieved to get it over with. Given my vaccination status, it's so much less scary to actually have it. And I'm really grateful to the science that made this possible. We'll be right back. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. That's Understood Explains, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, friends. I want to share some lessons learned amidst telling the story of what happened. And I'll start with some immediate thoughts around the diagnosis window. My first lesson is that beating yourself up equals wasted energy. And this is an important place to start. Because personally, my energy was in the toilet, and I didn't have a lot to spare on (laughs) self-flagellation. So once I shared publicly that I had COVID, I heard from a lot of people who were in a similar boat around this Thanksgiving holiday, getting COVID for the first time. And in some cases, it sounded like there was a feeling of failure and or self-flagellation. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, I bear a responsibility in getting COVID because I didn't ask our guests to rapid test. But this was not my responsibility alone. And as I said, I still would have welcomed them into our home to care for them, even if they were positive before arrival. And what I said to one person with whom I was communicating about this is that we can't be expected to be at meerkat level vigilance all the time. We've been in this for a really long time. (laughs) And if I've had one slip up in almost three years, fine. (laughs) Give yourself grace. It's all good. Second, I mentioned science before the break, and I just need to underscore how grateful I am for science. Rapid tests on Thanksgiving morning are what led us to learn that our guests had COVID. They were asymptomatic when they arrived, They continued to be asymptomatic for the entire duration. As a result, we canceled our plans to see family just to be safe. And two days later, I started experiencing symptoms, notably a scratchy throat. And that's when I tested positive. Also, being vaccinated made the physical and emotional impact less for me for sure, Even just six months ago, my mind was in a very different place about positive diagnosis and how to handle it, and I'm just grateful, actually, that I was able to come at this with a different lens, a somewhat more relaxed lens, and that was really good. So thank you, science. Third, holidays can still be amazing, maybe even better once simplified. So at first, on Thanksgiving morning, when we found out, I was a little bit in a state of shock that COVID had finally come to me. I called my sister who was hosting to tell her the situation and ask her what she thought. She said she would call me back shortly. But then right after I hung up the phone, I was like, hold up. We shouldn't put this on her. We should just make a decision that makes sense with the situation at hand and what we would have done when we were in the thick of things." Which was to be cautious and cancel our travel plans and stay put, especially since we had already been with our guest for about 36 hours. And because there were going to be three older guests at the Thanksgiving gathering, I was so impressed with how everyone in my crew pivoted emotionally so quickly. Our guest felt terrible. We were quick to say repeatedly, seriously, no worries, which was the truth. Because while I was looking forward to seeing my family of origin for Thanksgiving, our plan did have some notable downsides. The big one was that we in our household were going to have to split up and somebody was going to have to stay home alone with the dog. Since the travel time to the destination meant that if we all went, James would have to be alone for a very long time, longer than we've ever left him before. So that just seemed impossible. And bringing him wasn't an option. Also, given said split up, I was going to have to do the round trip driving myself. And I don't like driving long distances at night. I don't feel super comfortable with it. And third, I've said it before, but large gatherings are very depleting for me. So the idea of being depleted and then having to hit the road in the dark was just not the greatest. So once we made our decision, All of the rush and push of the day was completely off. We ended up going for a lovely walk. It was actually a great, beautiful day outside and enjoyed a super relaxed day. And true to form, as I mentioned in my holiday food episode, I had only prepared pies and cheesy monkey bread to bring to my sister's house. We didn't have anything vaguely traditional in the fridge. We have vegetarians in the mix and we don't even really like turkey. So, we had none of that. So I made it work with what we had. I made a big salad, and then I made tater tots and falafel out of the freezer. <laughs> and that, along with our five pies and cheesy monkey bread, were pretty freaking amazing. Hello, new way of doing things. When we went around to say what we were grateful for before dinner, I said something along the lines of being grateful for flexibility. And the fact that we are living a life amongst people we love, where even when the unexpected arises, there are wonderful options in front of us. It was a great reminder that simple is great. I needed rest so much. I had been dragging all that week and the week prior. And finally, on Thanksgiving night, I slept for like 10 hours. We'll be right back.
1: I know that raising a Differently Wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
2: Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? And you won't just hear it from me, there are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.
0: Hi friends, we're back. In the back half of this episode, I want to share what I learned from my first nine days in the weeds with COVID. The first thing is to prioritize rest above all else. This is what I heard from people. This is what I have experienced myself. And just to level set on a couple things, there is no metal for pushing yourself when you are unwell. And you can make things worse by pushing too early. My symptoms were very, very mild the first few days or a couple days. And I thought I would just breeze through it. I definitely pushed a few things harder than I should have. And on the Monday and Tuesday after I tested positive, that would have been days two and three, I felt okay. So I continued to work and take meetings. And then Tuesday night, I was just foolish. Vi had soccer practice. It was only an hour long. It felt like a hassle to drive there and back and then drive there and back to pick her up. And so I figured I would sit in my car and watch TV. So I would technically be resting. That actually could be okay, except I was feeling cheap and environmentally guilty about leaving the car running for heat. So I turned the heat off or turned the car off and proceeded to turn into a popsicle. And I was completely wrecked by the time I got home. I couldn't warm up. I was like just frozen. My feet were frozen. I had to crawl under a million blankets. I went to bed at like 830. It was terrible. My symptoms got much worse over the next few days. Congested, runny nose, throat on fire, brain fog. I paid the price for not resting. Don't be me. (laughs) And so after that, I did the bare minimum. Basically, Taking James for a midday bio break around the neighborhood was about all I could muster, and I was pretty tired after. Second, I learned to embrace low expectations and communicate them. The COVID brain fog is no joke. (laughs) This is kind of the cousin of embracing rest. And I had a couple of legitimately urgent things I needed to deal with, but there were also a lot of typically time sensitive other things. Like, for example, promoting last week's new episode that I just decided would be done later when I was feeling better. I communicated accordingly with different colleagues. Everybody was wonderful and the world continued to spin. Most of us, including myself, are not really that important. (laughs) Things need to be done in a hurry. I'm sure this varies, but personally, in the early window of COVID, I really could not focus much on anything other than TV. I watched the entire The Morning Show. It was fantastic. (laughs) Or movies I had already seen. Why I found Argo to be a soothing choice, I have no idea. Or also dog and holiday baking content on Instagram Reels. I really just didn't have much in the tank. It wasn't until day six that my mind started waking up and turning on creative ideas again. And it wasn't until day seven when I could actually do something, like type out some notes about those creative ideas. The first act being actually jotting down some thoughts for this show, which I wanted to try to record after the weekend. So yeah, it was was really, really different to work at such a low speed of operation. Oh, also notable, I just wanted to share, it was really only yesterday, day eight, that I could even hold my attention to a book. And I'm an avid reader. So that was That was different. The next thing I learned is that your absence can be a good thing. I pretty much wish I could bring everyone who lives on their own or has young children while dealing with COVID a loving get well cake or pie or whatever. I'm offering this next reframing tip with the caveat that it is coming from my acknowledged place of abundance and privilege as a parent of older kids, and as somebody with a partner who can help. So I know it can be hard to not have the trans role as you would typically dictate, but that is okay. (laughs) In fact, it can be better than okay. And I wanted to share two examples on this. First, with my 11-year-old Violet, my absence helped her step up. From my buried under the blankets fetal position in bed on school mornings last week, I would hear her get herself up on her own and pad down the stairs at 6.15 in the morning and start getting her own breakfast and lunch together. These things did not happen prior to me getting COVID, and these are good things. The other notable thing that happened that I was thinking a lot about was on December 1st. I realized that day it was the first of the month. And we were definitely in the thick of it with me not being able to do much and not go in public spaces. I was loath to ask John to do anything else. And I really wanted to get Violet an advent calendar since that's a little holiday tradition for us. So I texted him and asked if he could quickly pop into Trader Joe's or a drugstore. And he was like, no problem. And you know what? He did this task with more care and magic than I would have. Instead of a basic calendar, possibly filled with garbage chocolate, sorry, truth, he popped into a local independent store and bought a beautiful gnome for the holidays calendar where each day is a gnome, adorably illustrated, inclusive even. There are gnomes of different skin colors. It's amazing. And these little gnomes can be hung individually as ornaments or strung together as a garland. Violet has been positively delighting in it. The last lesson I want to share is that there is just so much to be grateful for. This feels just like the tip of the iceberg, but I've thought so much about gratitude during this period for a warm home, hats and sweatshirts, not wearing a bra for 10 days, tissues. Oh my God, soft tissues. (laughs) enough space in our home to keep distance, beekeepers, naturals, cough syrup, Netflix, Apple TV, friends and family texting to check on me, clean water, hot beverages. Oh, gosh, I have consumed so many hot beverages. And there are a few special call-outs I wanted to make. First, my sweet, sweet teenage daughter who is at college, Laurel had sweet green delivered to me. This was something that she did on my birthday actually in October and she's done it a couple of times and it's just awesome to eat lunch with her, but it was so sweet to receive something, especially at a time when I couldn't use the kitchen. My mom, as an 86 year old, it would have been very reasonable for her to steer completely clear of me, but she showed up like the amazing person she is. In bright spirits, apologizing for not calling earlier, and with Korean Mundu, seaweed soup, and her magic tea and more in tow. My dear friend and former colleague Mora, she dropped an enormous cornucopia of artisan soups and other goodies on my doorstep. So appreciated. My colleagues at Gavin, where I'm the creative director, they were all amazing in understanding my need to just lie on my couch pondering my respiratory state. And they also sent a DoorDash gift card on a day when I was really losing my mind over not being able to just make myself the food I wanted to eat and not wanting to ask someone else to make it. As someone said on Instagram, I'm not Princess Material. I do not want my food on a tray, LOL. (laughs) Anyway, I was able to order a gluten-free pizza from Bertucci's. And John and Vi had their own separate pie, and I delighted in every bite. My friend Sarah, not sure if her sixth sense was buzzing, but yesterday I was low and just feeling off. Probably, especially because I'm usually somebody who consumes a lot of natural matter, lots of fruit, lots of salads, and there just hasn't been a lot of natural matter being consumed. I haven't been able to go to the grocery for two weekends. <laughs> she dropped an immunity boost shot, and I giant bowl of cut fruit on my doorstep, and it was just the exact medicine I needed in the moment. And then finally, my dog, James. It might sound ridiculous, but wow, did this guy show up for me in a big way during my period of intense convalescence? I found myself legitimately struggling with lack of contact and affection, and he just kept plopping his warm donut dog body down next to me, lying across my lap, just being the best therapy dog ever. Oh my gosh, I'm just so grateful for him. The bottom line is this. COVID at this late stage in the game has been tolerable, and it has also been massively inconvenient, (laughs) really inconvenient, not just to me, but to other people. So for my Your Next edit, opt for caution and care in the run-up to holiday gatherings. Don't worry about other people's eye rolls that you're being too cautious. Ask people to rapid test. This is so incredibly disruptive. So if a quick 15-minute test can spare that, why not do it? At the end of the day, I'm just so relieved that our rapid testing and travel shutdown meant we didn't end up spreading things further. Again, thank you, science. You'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at edityourlifeshow or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life, a review on Apple Podcasts, or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks so much for listening, and take good care.